Shut up and sit down. Some people just don't understand how basic things work. Because technology is bad. I wake up, I get dressed, go back to sleep. Get up again and then I slowly creep through the house. It's getting dark, I can't see. Make sure that I lock the door behind me. I head downstairs, unlock the bike. Hop on and say peace out to the night. Y'all, the sun is slowly rising in the east. It's just another day, part of another week. I hit the street, make a right, head up the hill. Wait at the light so that I don't get killed by an early morning driver. I'm an early morning bike rider and I'm a try to... You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy the show and thank you for listening. Wait, crap, I forgot to edit this vanilla intro they send me every week. I guess I need a vacation. Do any of you want to go camping with me? Let's go camping! There's a guy going around at the moment that's dipping his testicles into glitter. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Bondering, and I'm here with Matt Legrand. The name's Jertaint. The name's Jertaint Thomas. With Matt Jertaint Legrand. <laughs> I'm the Ineos writer with my own podcast. There you go. Big time. Yeah, just kidding. What's up, ladies and gentlemen yeah. of the internet? You guys smell fantastic from a distance. As long as you keep a distance. Digitally. Digitally. Digitally, this guy's smelling uh, okay. Digitally smelling questionable. Coming to us over the uh, Verizon network, Lance Freaking Hepler. Coming to us at a safe smelling distance. Yeah, he is in the van. And he has been. Smelling. He has been in the van for about a week, so he probably hasn't taken many showers because no. that's how he rolls. Oh. I've taken a couple showers actually no. because we're Lance, like putting on deodorant is not taking a shower. We've talked about this before. <laughs> it could be. It could be though. If yeah, you're right. Uh, yes, uh, I am in Utah right now. I'm in St. George. My wife is playing in the Huntsman World Senior Whoa. Games in uh, in um, St. George, Utah. Um, it's a big. It it has. <laughs> It, it has like 30 different sports and, and and everybody is over 50. Everybody, you have to be over 50, but every all the sports are divided up into different age groups. It's kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, so I'm at her. She's playing soccer at this tournament with a, another team of 55 and older, 55 to 60-year-old. I don't know, I something like that. So uh, it's beautiful here in St. George. Uh, it's warm and sunny. And I got here and I realized that um, there was a whole cycling race, um, road cycling race and mountain bike race that are also just associated with these Huntsman Senior World Games. But I'm not doing any of them. How many athletic um, trainers do they have? Per athlete, per <laughs> player. <laughs> okay. It's got to be a little bit higher of a ratio, the, I'd have to guess. The expo, the expo was hilarious. It's it like was, all ointments and like. <laughs> yes. That's it was, so funny. Get your, hey, do, get your cholesterol checked. Oh. Um, let's, let's hear your heartbeat. Um, let's, let's check the joints <laughs> on your knees and ankles. Don't you go dying on me there. Don't you go dying <laughs> So who's the title sponsor? Is it BioFreeze or is it Bengay? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good question. It's pretty stinking funny. That's so, awesome. Anyway. Right on. So I'm here. Okay. Yep. Let's jump into some backpedaling because uh, I guess that's what the people want right now. So, uh, Matt, you want to go real quick? I can be quick. I have been running like every day, I think. I, take, I don't know if I took any days off. I did a couple of Zwift rides because I was testing the Zwift Hub 1 product. Uh, but even those days, I think I ran a lot of times Heritage Trails. I've run a little bit with the cross-country team. All good things. Feeling pretty good then, yeah? And, and a little bit of swimming, actually. I think I took a swim one day, and there's some I need to work on some swim video type stuff. So feeling pretty happy with the running stuff. I don't know that I'm like feeling great all around, but that's okay. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear that, Matt. Yeah, it's cool. good. All good. Uh, Lance? Uh, yes, uh, I raced my bike this last week. We had uh, Zelda Cross, the final Ooh, race in Zelda the Cross. Harvest Cross series. Um, we had a ton of teammates out there. It was a big, huge event. The course was fantastic. The park was in great shape. There was a lot of people there. It was like a party atmosphere. It was super fun and awesome. So Jake will be able to talk about that as well, probably a little bit, because he also spent the full day out there as well doing um, – um, support, uh, neutral support yep. for the races. So it was kind of cool. Um, I raced the 50 plus field. I kind of, I've been, I've been telling everybody my strategy all week about this race for me to make the podium in the 50 plus open field. I had to just be close to one James Coates. And I, um, um, He's a guy I've been battling with a little bit at these races. I've beat him at most of the races, but he's had my number at a couple of them. And he knew I was coming for him, so he freaking went for it. He, it was pretty it was pretty funny. But basically, I was able to stay on his wheel for most of the race, like within like five seconds of James Coates. I was just right on him. And he did beat me by five places. Um Lots of people showed up to this race. Three more people in our 50-plus field that don't normally show up. So um, I ended up sixth overall um, in the race, and James Coates was fifth, which meant I had enough points to get the uh, third place overall. So yeehaw, hallelujah, I made the podium in the 50-plus race division for the seven-race series. Out of so boy, that Lance. Cool. That is a tough nice division. Hurry. That is a really tough division. People hear 50-plus and like, oh, those guys are old, but no, those guys are fast, really fast. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's been hard. Yeah, that's for sure. Sweet. Did you do any local um, races in Utah? Yeah, so it was kind of funny. So I jumped in the van Monday morning. That race was on Sunday. Brandy and I drove most of the day on Monday. We ended up in Utah in Provo to see our two kids, Kelty yep. and her boyfriend, Spencer. And Lake is also in uh, the Provo area. And I realized that they have a um, they have a weekly night cyclocross race on tuesday nights in the provo area <laughs> wow I, I had done a couple of, a couple of years ago and tuesday night was their last uh, race of the series it, it's called p-town cross i think p-town stands for provo town but i've never heard that before whatever it's called p-town cross and um i went and showed up they only had two races the a race or the b race that's it so, so there was like no age divisions, no nothing. I lined up with, um, with, I, I lined up with, 
I don't know, there was 40 people in the B race and it was a bunch of 40 and 50 year olds and then like 25 teenagers on mountain bikes. <laughs> oh, Lance, I think you were in the wrong one. <laughs> no, dude, I don't think I even was mid. I, I think I was maybe 18th or something in this mm -hmm. B race. I'm not kidding. I got, I got, I got slaughtered. <laughs> really? So it was, yes, I was like way, I was like, I mean, I started on like the fifth row. I, you know, you can't get close. And, and as soon as it started, that was it. The guy designed a really fun, very difficult course with some nasty off camber stuff. So I wonder if they change the course each was. week. It, yeah. I mean, that's, that's they pretty do. cool. It's cool that they have They're the option. Yeah. It's at like six different locations that moves oh, around. You okay, know? Okay. So so it's kind of cool. And the and the the race promoter and the announcer recognized me because I did some Utah races during the pandemic. And so he's like, What? Lance, no pants Hepler is here to race wow. with us. And so yeah. So that was kind of funny. So that was unique. And my kids got to watch me race and I had a blast and my, my, uh, my Brandy was there too. And so, yeah, that was all good. Cool. So it was cool to be part of a little, a smaller, like grassroots local race and just kind of support the whole show. So how's the, fun. how's the foli the fall foliage in Utah these oh, days? My gosh, it, it was, it, on Monday, on on Tuesday morning, I did a ride up Hobel Creek Canyon, which is down near Springville, Utah, and it was just it was ridiculous, off the hook ridiculous how gorgeous it was. It was Tuesday was bright, sunny, beautiful day, and the fall colors were just amazing. Um, that area of Utah in the fall is as good as anywhere in the world for leaf peeping if you're a leaf peeper. So. Um, <laughs> speaking of being out on the, in the goings on any, any rock, rock talk. Ooh. Oh, great question. Um, um, no, not really. Other okay. than we came down to St. George and, um, I've been mountain biking down here in St. George. They don't have any rocks and, in St. George, do they? And, and I'm in a, I'm in a, like a gravel parking lot and I found all these like gorgeous agates in the gravel parking lot as wow. I was like setting, setting up my, my mountain bike to go ride. And I'm like, okay, I'm picking rocks out of the parking lot. I gotta, I gotta stop. I'm, it's becoming a problem. A problem. Rock. This has been rock and oh, yeah. how, how's Piper the wonder dog hating every minute of this trip? She freaking loves it here, man. She just loves it. She can just run to her heart's content. I've worn her out. I have to, I have to make her have a mandatory rest day today because I've worn her out the last two days. <laughs> He's more concerned about his dog's recovery yeah. than he is his own. Jake, how are that you? Is that, that is true. You have no, for, for your backpedal, you have no MRI results for us? Not yet. I get those on Monday. I get to uh, finally get the get to the bottom of what's going on here. Or at least hopefully. that's that's. Are the doctors recommending there. that you not do any like bike training stuff yep. or take really? some time off. Yep. They wanted me to just to fully recover. So I've been okay. off the bike for six weeks. Oh my gosh. I've done one ride in the last like eight and a half weeks, which is absolutely killing me. I've kind of like 
have finally like eased into it. Like I'm not as a, as a annoying and uptight and yeah, not pacing all over the place anymore. But it is. Um, Are you allowed to do anything else? Any sort of um, rowing or erg stuff? You know, I probably could do some rowing, but I haven't. I've just been so, yeah, just resting and just trying to find a rhythm. I you imagine know. that that would be just as bad for you if you pushed pushed it hard on an erg workout. Um, you, you kind of can because you get into that little bit of a squatted position. Yes. So yeah. the, I don't right know. I'm just back. trying to do anything that I can to to not aggravate it. Um, you know, I do walk around a bit. Don't take the dogs for a walk or go for a little hike every now and then. But uh, for nice. the most part, it's just giving it 100 percent rest, which I haven't done in a long, long time. Yeah, that's which true. is kind of weird. So, but my fitness scores are fantastically low. Fitness scores, <laughs> yeah. Which fitness scores are you talking about? Well, the only one that I have right now, because I I am not on. Yeah, that's what um, I was gonna say it's not like you're checking your FTP. Yeah, exactly. I am not using trainer uh, training peaks right now, so I don't have a number there. But if you go and look at Strava, I think my Strava fitness score at one point in time was probably around eighty, and I think the last time I eighty lo- million. Yeah, um, whatever those <laughs> points or those units are. And I remember I looked like last week and it said that it was at six, oh. which is awesome. You go and look at the, like, you can look at like a, a one month, a three month, a six month, a two year, whatever. And you're all the way at this peak at the very top. And all of a sudden it just drops all the way down. And it's like this steep, like you know, slope that goes all the way down to six. So, but I did do a little hike two days ago and it, it jumped up like two points, which was <laughs> better than nothing, I guess. But, um, Am I supposed to backpedal now? Is that, is that what's going on here? This is it. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. We moved. <laughs> we moved. We moved off of rock talk. Yeah, I like Lance. Yeah, we're was, done with me. Was out at Zalda Cross. That was a lot of fun watching everybody race. Um, I unfortunately ended the life of a deer on the way out there. Oh at shoot! Five fifty in the morning. It was dark yeah. and cloudy, and she ran right in front of me. And I was going like forty five miles an hour, and bam! So deer are dumb. Yeah, and you know it was kind of a sad thing, but. Um, I needed to, I was planning on getting a different kind of a bumper for my van anyway. So this kind of expedited that process and I will be uh, taking care of that here relatively soon. Uh, like Lance mentioned, it was a fun race to watch. Um, I actually went out of town, uh, just a few days ago. That's why we're doing this podcast so late because I was gone. Um, I went to Utah as well. I went to, um, everyone's in Utah. <laughs> exactly. Went to Salt Lake city with my wife. That's where we stayed, but we were actually up in park city, um, for some work related stuff for her. And it was uh, going to be a, a relatively short work thing for her. And we knew that that was going to afford us, uh, like almost a full day of being able to do stuff together. So we don't get that time together very often. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with you. This is going to be awesome. We'll go do some hiking and I can go check out all the fall colors. Like Lance was alluding to, it was absolutely incredible while she was uh, doing her work stuff and went out and took all kinds of pictures and whatnot. So that was fun. And it was a whirlwind tour. We were there for, I think, from the time that we left our house to the time we got back, it was 40 hours of being gone. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. It's been a fun week. I just can't wait to get into next week so I can have that doctor's appointment to know exactly what I'm working with here so I can start getting back on the bike and hopefully uh, start training because not riding sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lance, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. All right, just making sure. Matt, you want to go grab that little Patreon jar sure. right over there? I want to do a quick Patreon deal because I've got something here for them. We work with a bunch of different partners, and one of them so happens to be Zip Wheels, and they gave us a hat to give away. And um, I wanted to give away a Zip little hat here sitting on the table. Matt can take a look at it. It's a nice gray color to this lucky person. I'm pulling the name out of that right now. And... 
Oh, look at this. John Hatfield, you are the proud owner of a brand new Zip hat, which is actually pretty cool. It's a gray hat. It's like a sports hat, if you will. And um, yeah, you can come uh, let us know when he wants to come grab that. Or if you want me to send it to you via mail, we can do that as well. But um, if anybody's interested in becoming a patron, we just first and foremost, thank you for your support. If you want to become one, you can go to dialpodcast.com and you can click on the Patreon link that will take you to the Patreon website so that you can pick one that works best for you. And we'll put your name in the drawing and appreciate your support. And yeah. Good times. Moving on. um, Did Champ Bailey go with you? Champ's probably on location somewhere. Champ (laughs) is on location in St. George. Champ Bailey. Please. Champ Bailey. Okay, there he is. Um, Real quick, Champ. We got to keep this relatively short today, Champ. So if you want to just fly through some stuff real quick, that'd be awesome. Seems like there's not as much news right now. I mean, unless there's more transfer news that I I haven't been following. Tell tell me what's going on. I always learn. There was the World Gravel Championships. Oh yeah, um, that did happen. So uh, yeah, so so the U.S. sent a big contingent over to Italy to do uh, this race. Um, there was six or seven people that were going to work for Keegan. They got terrible start positions because start positions were based on UCI points. None of those guys have UCI points. All these World Tour pros showed up for this race. Um, a bunch of World Tour pros that they weren't expecting, and so it was a bit tricky the race while wow, Art even did the world gravel cycling wow. championships he ended up flatting and crashing and had a chain problem and in gravel races no team cars he had to fix his flat himself which he's not real proficient at and so <laughs> he spent a good 10 or 12 minutes um, fixing his flat, and he still was able to haul himself back to eighth place for Wout Van Aert, which is pretty stinking amazing. Yeah, wasn't he down by um, like close to 20 minutes or something like that at one point, or like 18 or minutes, and then he worked himself back correct. into, I think, finishing, what was it, like seven or eight minutes off the lead? That's right. He like he basically rode through the field. Seventh. Like, yeah. could, could you imagine being in there and like, oh, there goes Wout. <laughs> going to try and keep up with him? Exactly. No, no, that's not happening. So, so he went by somebody and somebody said, I, I felt like I got passed by a motorcycle or like a scooter or something. <laughs> well, it went by so fast. They're like, oh, my freaking word. Um, anyway, the race ended up being won by uh, Matej Mahoric, the Slovenian uh, world tour pro who won Milan San Remo a few what's, years ago. With what's that going on in Slovenia, man? Uh, what is going on in that? <laughs> really good water. Small country full yeah. of, yes, yeah, good water. It is kind of crazy. All these World Tour pros showed up for this race, and the the privateers, the the gravel privateers, couldn't quite compete with them. However, Keegan Swenson did was able to be up near the front. He lost the front group um, near the end. He ended up in a one-on-one sprint with Alejandro Valverde wow. um, <laughs> for. For, for fourth place. Valverde, you know, um, retired from um, from UCI World Tour Racing last year. He's 41 or something like that, but clearly still has some legs. Uh, Valverde did out-sprint Keegan at the line. So Keegan was fifth. Valverde was fourth. Um, it was it was a pretty exciting race to watch. So that's, that's how that happened. I think... Vermeesh from Belgium was second. Vermeesh won the previous 
uh, race of this last year, and so he, but he was still like forty seconds back. Do you court. happen to remember what happened on the women's side? It's not. I'm not going to hold you to the, the fire if it's. It was very extremely disappointing. The women's side did not have any TV coverage. Um, so, um, why the UCI did that? I mean, it was a it was a problem with the local promoters. Um, they didn't have TV coverage set up for the women's race, and so the UCI, you know, blamed the local, you know, area that was putting this on. But regardless, there was no TV coverage of the women's race, and it was won by Denise. I can't remember, and now I'm standing outside, That's okay. so I have better cell signal, and I can't look it up. So I don't know did, what the lady's name. Do you know if Claire Hansinger, Americans, our local hero, did she was she, did she even race the? No, she, she no. raced Zelda Cross instead. She did Zelda Cross. Okay. <laughs> she had to choose between those she two. She did Zelda Cross. Okay. Tough choice. Tough yeah, choice. She's, she's prepping for her for her cyclocross season, and so she's doing all the little local races in Portland with us, uh, which has been pretty cool. She's been out at Trophy Cup too every uh, every Tuesday night. And she does not uh, have she does not have a contract signed, right? She's like still with the local have- team. Correct. She doesn't have a road contract signed for next year, but she did, if you could call it, she signed with Team S&M from Selwood Cycle, our local cyclocross team, and they are supporting her through the through her, her cyclocross um, campaign this year. So they won't be able to do all the UCI races, but they are going to do a few. They're all in Wisconsin now because... The Trek, the Trek, first yeah. UCI race, the Trek, uh, the Trek Cup USA is tomorrow, I believe, either Saturday or Sunday. Um, and in so Waterloo, they're out Waterloo, there. Waterloo, probably, that. or wherever. Yes, in Waterloo. You got it. So they're out there doing that. So, um, and I don't know what else happened. That's all that I can think of off the top of my head. Good enough. Done. Champ out. Sweet. Thanks, champ. All right. Our topic for today, Matt, we're going to talk about training season. Indoor bike training season. And this all kicked off because you put out a fantastic video yesterday. One of the best videos on the internet, probably. (laughs) And there's a new training option or trainer option, rather, um, that came to us from the likes of Zwift. And I'm curious. I I want to know what's going on with this because the concept behind it is actually kind of intriguing. But Yeah, and Lance might not know about this because it was announced on Wednesday and you've been um, on the road. If he's still there, <laughs> he might be muted. He might not, he might not be interested. Uh, sorry, um, I had to mute. I was, I was, uh, sorry, I had to mute myself because I was catching up with my wife. She just walked into the van. Nice. So, uh, what was that say? So now I'm back. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, did I, you, asking if you had heard um, what Zwift has announced with their new bike trainer? All I know is that they put out a new Zwift Hub bike right. trainer. Yes. I don't know anything about it. I've been ignoring all trainer talk. It's interesting too because they they seem like they're advertising a good bit as well. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like it's they're putting some money in their advertising advertisement budget for this. So if you are going to cycling websites, you may see more details. Yeah, I find it a little bit curious. I thought that the whole partnership thing, or not partnership, but the, right. the reconciliation between Zwift and Wahoo kind of made you get the sense that that Zwift was going to pretty much stop making hardware right. and that Wahoo was going to be the hardware supplier and they were going to turn off RGT and they were going to mm-hmm. try and play nicely together. And it feels like, I mean, Zwift is effectively using the same trainer that they had, but they've come out with an accessory, yeah. I guess you could call for yep. it. 
and probably some different software firmware update or whatever. And it's almost like they're they're trying to like double down on that trainer to make it more widely available to more people. And it feels yeah. like it's encroaching a little bit on Wahoo's territory. It's very interesting. So so there's a lot that seems to have happened behind closed doors between Zwift and Wahoo. And I think one of the handshake deals was like, we're not going to price our low-end trainers like $100 less than yours, mm. right? Because now every, if you look at Zwift's bike training options, there you basically have two choices now. You have the Zwift Hub and the Zwift Hub Classic. Oh, sorry, Zwift Hub 1 and the Zwift Hub Classic. They are with they're basically the exact same thing except for one comes with your choice of cassettes so that's cassette 8 9 10 11 12 speed options or the hub one option is a single cassette and then you use virtual shifting so the actual um, trainer provides resistance to simulate changing gears and that comes with like a virtual shifting of 24 gears so it's interesting. And then, and then also I should say one more third option of if you have a current Zwift Hub Classic, you can buy an upgrade kit or side side grade kit. I don't know. I'm not sure that it's an upgrade, but you it get could be this, depending upon how you're using yeah, it, I guess. It but depends, yeah. Yeah, it depends on how you're using it. But you can upgrade the um basically the free hub comes off with the cassette still attached, and then you slap on this hub one piece which I did in the video, and it was very, very easy. I mean, it's basically like you unscrew one thing, and it, it all comes off super, super chill, super, super easy. takes five minutes, so you really could switch back and forth if you wanted to. Um, but uh, but the virtual shifting is, is actually very interesting. And so Zwift Store does have these three things, and it is interesting to say, like, okay, well, are they doubling down on this hardware? I still think my gut feeling is that this was probably in the works for a while and that they were like, yeah, we're going to release this. And I still think that there's this potential for other companies to either do the same thing, um, kind of tie into Zwift's software and Zwift's virtual shifting and kind of do something slightly different in this in this trainer space where, if we're honest, it's it's become quite stale trainers. Over the past, whatever, five years, I'd say, there were more innovations. But in, in Wahoo did announce something recently where you have like a little bit of motion to their Wahoo Kicker version yeah, the, six or seven or no, something like that. The Kicker six, but it's right. called okay. Kicker Move. So it's just basically it has the same. A little motion yeah, it's to the it. same trainer in essence, but right. it's got that, that forward, backward motion. But it does feel like innovation in this space has kind of dried up a little bit. And so maybe there's this room for potential with virtual shifting. And, and really, if you think about it, it's, it, we're simplifying the bike trainer itself and then relying on the, the trainer's resistance a little bit more to carry a little bit more of the load. And there's, there's huge benefits to it. Oh, for sure. Cause it's direct competitor. It's going to be the Wahoo kicker core. Yep. So that's kind of been like their like go-to like workhorse of a trainer yes. for a lot of years. And so Wahoo actually was selling that for 900 bucks. And now they've dropped the price down to $600 to be in line with the, the Zwift product. And they're effectively the same price. But at the end of the day, if you think about it, like, are you going to get a kicker core that does not have a cassette on it for 600 bucks? You're going to go with the Zwift. That does have uh, one yeah. that has a cassette on it, or it's got this, this the other deal thing. where you can, effectively put any bike on there that's between right. eight and 12 speeds so the hub the hub one which is a single cassette in this virtual gears you can put on an 8 9 10 11 12 speed any sort of bike and you have these adapters so you can do through axle or you can do quick release and so you you know when i looked around my garage i was like gosh that's 
everything. Covers all your bikes? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's kid bikes that didn't that wouldn't have worked, but like it was my wife has a very old eight speed bike and I hopped that, you know, hopped on the trainer with that thing and gave it a little spin and it was it was very functional. Yeah. So now if you're running a twelve speed bike, yeah. your yeah. your twelve speed chain is gonna be quite a bit different than say your eight speed chain in terms of the the build of it. But or, mostly that's because the the chain itself is thinner. Width. It's it's the width of the chain. Right. The, the 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 rollers themselves are those all the same distance apart? And if they're not, then that that's where I could see there be a little bit of a problem. I guess I just the way don't that the cog things. is shaped is it's almost a little bit more pointy, and so the width of the chain itself is going to fall on the cog, regardless, or on the on the pointy part of the cog. I don't know. The tooth. To, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone help me, please. Uh, but yeah, so it, it definitely was like, I put my 12 speed SRAM on there. No problem. Okay. Like it was probably one of the smoothest bikes, if not the smoothest one that I used when I was testing all these different bikes, I was quite surprised at, um, at the variety of bikes that I could throw on there. Okay. You've talked about the, the Zwift hub before Yes. in, right. in terms of the like original. A, the original one that you did a video on yes. and a review and you did make a comment that the quality wasn't quite as I good so. as the Wahoo. Yes. Absolutely. So and if somebody's going to go with the the Zwift over the Wahoo, what might they be losing? There's so manufacturing um, quality. I would say was a bit lacking. And again, I was getting a very early iteration. So sometimes you continue to adjust things manufacturing wise on these devices. But I got a very early edition, I guess you could say. And there was plastic rubbing on the trainer there was issues with um uh a lot of times when you when you have these lighter flywheels and if you pick up the pace a little bit you can feel some slipping Mm -hmm. so lots of stuff like that i think that a lot of that stuff has or some of that stuff has been taken care of some of it's just it's just gonna be is what it is it is a budget trainer like you should know that going into it it is not a high-end trainer when you switch to you know, anything like a Wahoo kicker five or something like that. It's like, it's going to feel more solid. It's going to feel like the flywheel is going to feel stronger. It's going to feel like a, like you're on a, a nicer piece of equipment. Cause you are on a nicer piece of equipment. Okay. So the, the, I think, I think the trade-off is like you're compromising on a little bit of quality. And especially if you're doing this, you know, hub one edition, I think you are, you're opening up for giving yourself like this wide variety of bikes that you can use. And I really think it pays the most benefit to those, those couples that maybe have different bikes that they use. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us probably just use one bike on, on the trainer. Like we just either leave it on there or we uh, use it on the road and then we use it on the trainer in the winter. Um, There's not, there's probably not a ton of like people that are, you know, in, in the video I showed me switching around four bikes that's not, I'm not going to do that in real life. Yeah. The, the truth is I'll probably put one bike on there. Maybe I'll put my road bike on there and be like, this is my winter training thing for this bike. Um, I do like having uh, the TT bike on there because I like practicing the position, but really like realistically, I think people are, I don't, I don't want people to buy this hub one to solve a problem. That's not a real problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, keep that in mind that I do think that the Kicker Core is a is a nicer machine overall. It's a little bit better built as far as manufacturing quality goes, but you you also have to buy a cassette. So there's yeah. this, this small little thing that's there, and and Wahoo should probably address that, and they should address it the exact same way that Zwift has done it because it's nice for people to be like, hey, 
this all comes assembled for the most part, except for I have to attach the legs. Yeah. I could definitely see it being something that's more simplistic to use. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody that's not like super like bike savvy with respect yes. to like taking parts on and off or having to line things up or putting cassettes on, all of those little things kind of yeah. get solved for you. So that does simplify that process. And a lot of those people are going to be more of your like cycling enthusiast, fitness enthusiast, yep. want to do something inside during mm. the winter months and, and want to be a part of like the whole Zwift ecosystem. But how's it going to hold up for somebody who's like your more avid, like, you know, I'm going to go out there and race. I'm going to be doing like heavy, hard intervals. I'm going to be putting this thing through the paces. Is it going to hold up? Do you think it's going to give you the right power numbers? Is it going to break down over the course of time? Am I going to break it if I put in 16, 17, 1500 watts in some sprints? I think what you have, to, what we have to think about is, one, this, this trainer's not targeted towards us. Um, I have this, so they look at the market research, right? And it's like, okay, well, this thing is ending up on average being targeted towards or being purchased by people two years younger than all the other trainers that people are buying. And statistically, that's a big deviation. It's a huge deviation. Yeah. And and I've got to think that it's college kids that are into cycling that yeah, can put on, out on some a, big watts. That are on a budget, yeah. That are on a budget, right? And so I think that you're, I think that what we realistically are looking at is like there's, there's this, or there's like even like the really rough setup of of doing like old school non-smart trainer, mm. and I still think that this is a better setup. It's, even if you're talking like okay, what about sprints? Because if you do sprint on this thing, and you're especially if you're in your like your big chain ring and you're doing some sprints, you will probably see some power numbers that are off significantly. Yeah, uh, there's going to be better quality from other devices, but if you're on a budget, you're on a budget, and and. Yeah. And the power numbers are good as long as you're, I'd say, they're good for me, who's not going to put out huge numbers, and who's going to do a lot of like slow, steady, like maybe I'll do three-minute intervals or something like that. Like all that stuff's going to be fine. The 15-second intervals and things like that, there might be, it might miss some watts here and there. Mm-hmm. Not a huge deal. Gotcha. What's the margin of error for the watts in terms of like the accuracy? Oh, I think that industry standard is like plus or minus one. And this one I think is plus or minus two or something like that. So okay. I can't remember. It's it, it was on my original video that I did and that doesn't change based on the new equipment that was added. Gotcha. So, well, I mean, with time and if you're using the same thing over and over again, and if you find out that maybe it's off by 20 watts and you're trying to do like a, a threshold workout for yeah. a period of time, you're just going to have to adjust it accordingly and know that like, hey, this isn't what my actual watts are. But as long as it's providing you that consistent yeah. resistance, right. that, that's really all that matters. And it's interesting. I think it's like if you go in the small chain rig, it's like pretty accurate. And then if you switch to the long, the bigger chain ring in the front, like you for some reason, it, it has a harder time with that and it ends up providing you an extra i don't know five to ten watts or something like that Mm -hmm. it's like so there's some little things that you can do if you want the more accurate numbers and so people probably should be using this in that smaller chain ring in the front and then you know I, i do think the virtual shifting is is good the problem i have with it after having used it a very small amount is that i'm accidentally shifting with my traditional shifters which again can throw the chain out of line a little bit and then the chain is rubbing against the plastic yeah. piece, which is not a big deal, but at the yeah. same time, it's just like that muscle memory. Like I'm sure you have it, right? Where you're just like, yeah. click, yep. Yep. click, 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 yeah, click. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, going back to the power numbers again, though, real quick, okay. the one thing that I could see there being an issue with is the racing. Like there's a lot of people that mm. love the racing on Zwift and if that thing is off, 
and significantly it's, and it's giving you a little bit extra, extra power or yep. taking away that's going to suck for some people on on one side yeah. of the coin and it's going to suck for you on the other so the other thing that they did and this is a smaller thing to note i didn't put it in the video but they have this new um um 10 gigahertz uh connectivity between the trainer and the device that you're this running zwift and so you have lower latency mm-hmm. so i know a lot of the Bigger trainers are doing that, and so you should actually see more snappy um, responsiveness okay. from when you change, you know, to a sprint or change your your shifting or, or whatever you're doing. It should be snappier. So it's I don't know. They're making it. It's interesting to me to see that they are continuing to improve this hardware and that they're not abandoning it, mm-hmm. especially with all the deals with Wahoo going on. Because I kind of had this vibe like, oh, they're going to dump their trainer yeah. and they're going to just take the kicker core is going to be the new Zwift hub. Yeah, That's the way I kind of saw it happening. That's what we all were thinking, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't look like that's the case. Maybe it still is, but if they do, I imagine that they'll come up with like a like a Zwift cog of their own for that trainer, sure. I would think, or yeah. maybe Wahoo will work on it. I have no idea what's going on. It's super weird. Gonna have to call some people over there at Wahoo, find out what's going on. Yeah, that would be fun. I would love to hear. Like, I yeah, I, I I was in more close contact with Wahoo, and now I think they've kind of like moved. This happens where it's like, man, I'm getting talking to people regularly, and then all of a sudden they switch jobs or whatever, and then yeah. just like the next person starting just all over. Zero has zero clue. Like, doesn't want to hang out with me at all, and I don't yeah. know anything. So that's that seems to be happening a lot. Gotcha. What do you think, Lance? You gonna be ditching your your kicker bike yeah, for what one do you of these? use? Do you use the kicker five or four? I I use the kicker bike. Now this is actually a good conversation mm. because I I have uh, no uh, I have I have nothing to add to this conversation. <laughs> actually, you but, do. Um, if you're on the kicker bike, you do, because the kicker bike uses okay. virtual shifting itself. Just and like all of these like major bikes, you're, there's yep. no there's no cassette back there, right? Correct, like, yeah. So it probably feels like it's snappier. And it probably feels like you have yeah. like kind of instant response of like shifting, so that should be very similar to this. Yeah, it's super smooth. Well, I'll I'll say this: the the kicker bike changed my winter training significantly. Really? It is it is it has been fantastic. Matter of fact, even during the race season, if I have a if I have a specific set of intervals that I really want to nail, I will do it on my kicker bike indoors instead of doing it outdoors if 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 i think the workout is more important than my yeah. mental health <laughs> fair and you know so you know for that reason i mean i love the kicker bike and it really got me through and got me back on track last winter so i'm hopefully the same thing will happen again and i will i have no reason to switch away from the kicker bike i'll just say that there's definitely a lot of upside to those things. And they've got the new kicker bike shift, if I'm not mistaken, that's what yeah. it's called. So it's basically the same thing as the kicker bike minus the climb component that's built into it, oh. but it is $1,000 less. So you're, it's wow. still expensive as I'll get out. It's like, you know, $3,000 effectively. And what's nice about that, though, is like you've got a, you've got a dedicated bike sitting right there. 
It's got all of the, the the wonderful shifting that yep. you've already talked about. You, it's easy to adjust for like multiple people. So if like say you and your right. wife were going to be sharing one thing that's going to be dedicated to doing just that one thing well, it's really quick and simple to change that around. It's uh, super accurate. It's comfortable to ride. It's mm-hmm. quiet. It does all of the things, and you, it doesn't require a bike. It's not going to have a bike that's going to need to be maintained. Yeah. Um. So if if that that's something that, that appeals to you, that's great. But it's still three thousand dollars as compared as compared to like a, a six hundred dollar trainer. But that trainer is going to require a bike, and right. you know, if you but don't, you could really get. What's interesting about this Whipped Hub one thing is like you could get a dirt cheap bike, eight yeah. speed something, sure. just to throw on there. Yep. And you could, I mean, you can base. I don't, I don't want to say you can get one for free, but you can probably get a cheap bike. Yeah, you could probably find something in that two three hundred dollars that's gonna, yeah. you know serve you well and so you're talking about 800 bucks to have like a dedicated situation sure i don't know it's not going to be as good as a kicker bike obviously but um i'm very interested in the next step which could be like a, a i would expect like a company like wahoo that's in tight with zwift to be like hey our zwift you know our kicker five what is this kicker six move thing and then if they added virtual shifting to that and like they really did, I think they could do a better job with the quality of the mm-hmm. the hub piece, right? So yeah. it's less like, we'll just call it what it is, like less plastic housing. Sure. Like I just think that that thing could be extremely quiet and it could be very interesting for yeah. for like a high-end yeah, the single cog kicker device. move, if I'm not mistaken, is $1,599 or it's like basically $1,600. Right. And it does come with an 11-speed uh, cassette on there, but the right. problem is, is a lot of people that are going to go out and buy that aren't riding 11 speed anymore. A lot of people yeah. have moved on to 12 speed that are, you know, going to be riding the Shimano or the SRAM stuff that's going to be 12 speed. And the SRAM stuff's been around for what four, five yeah, years now. The, the Shimano's been around for a little over a year, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people that are that discerning about, like, hey, I am all about this whole cycling thing. I want to ride indoors. They're going to need a, a 12 speed up or cassette. They're having to take off the cassette that's coming with it purchase a new one and in some cases if you're buying SRAM you have to get a whole new driver so that starts adding up to be even more so if they could simplify that process and make it be something where it's a little bit more widely available to everybody I think that was Zwift's big thing and actually one of the things that I compliment them on the video was like their instructions are so crystal clear. Like they really have a simple goal and it's to make it easy on the buyer. The buyer shouldn't have to know a ton of stuff. It's just like, hey, let's throw this, you know, gear here and like just if you can just pick what geared it, like that's it, just pick something. And now it's even easier. It's like, no, you don't have to pick anything. Like this is probably going to work with your bike. Yeah. I don't know. Can we talk about the shifting component of it? Yes. So it's got a little pod on there that you're pushing buttons to go up or down yes. in terms of like shifting. And is it just cycling from like one to 24 or do, yes. you, do you have the option of like changing from big ring to little ring and then having like 11 or 12 speeds behind that? Or is it just like one through 24 and that's it? So, so yes and yes. Um, you, you have this little tiny little thing, Zwift click. I'm guessing actually don't even know what, how it's powered, but I'm thinking it's probably like a little coin cell battery and put it on. What's nice about that is it fits on a TT bike mm-hmm. or it fits on road bike or whatever. You can put it anywhere you need to put it to click it. And, um, and your, your virtual shift will go one through 24. So no, like front, front gear, this, you know, rear gear, this, like, so it's just one through 24. And uh, the gear ratio is uh, 0.75 to 5.4 something. I can't remember the numbers, sure. but it's it's a pretty wide range, right? Like it's kind of similar to, I would say it's similar to what we would probably pick if we were picking like a 12 speed 
bike and we wanted to climb around, you know, our little area, you shouldn't, they're saying that on Zwift, you should not run out of gears. So that's, that's their claim to fame. Um, you can shift your front. Uh, you should not shift the back because you really want to keep that in line. If you shift the back, you're not helping yourself. You're just causing more mess. Yeah. The, the, the front you can shift, but it's not like in my experience, it didn't seem like it was really, it feels like it just auto calibrates after you do that. So it's constantly trying to like auto calibrate mm-hmm. to the, your shifting range. And so I think you should probably keep it in the small gear in the front, unless you're doing some sprints and you really just, you're running out of stuff and you maybe need something more. So maybe at that point you would shift in the, the big gear in the front. But for the most part, I think it's pretty much just the 24 gears that are virtual that you click on. Gotcha. Hey, real quick, put up a hand in that. Lance, you still there? I am still here, but my window is kind of closing. <laughs> Lance. I, uh, I got to get my wife some food before her next soccer game. Oh, so. you're going to get your backside handed to you, yeah? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yes. real, real quick, since you don't have a lot to, to add to this conversation, like you've already said, uh, do you want to hit your one last thing? We'll let you go. Um, I, I really don't have a whole lot to share. My my initial plan was to do a, a Utah cyclocross race tomorrow, Saturday, um, but the mountain biking is so good right here in St. George that I might not go back up there. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, that, that decision will be remain to be seen. Plus there's a solar eclipse, which is happening tomorrow morning. And Southern Utah is perfect for that. But yeah. Hey, there you go. Anyway. All right. So when, I got nothing else. When you I'm get out. back, when you get back into town, I'll be back Tuesday or Wednesday or Friday Probably or Tuesday. next month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that right on cool all right hey well, wish brandy luck for us tell her uh don't break a leg and have fun play hard break somebody else's leg <laughs> well, all right all right we'll do all right we'll talk to you thanks guys see you bud. all right so going back to, i guess he's gone um going back to the shifting one more time is it something that feels natural or is it like is, can you put that little shifter pod in a place that feels good and are you gonna feel kind of like you're being robbed of like your normal position when you're grabbing the hoods and you're going through your gears and you're going into a race situation or does it feel a little bit forced or you know what feels more natural Zwift has they sell this other thing called the Zwift play controllers okay that, that actually attach to your dropper handlebars and they kind of dr- they kind of like slide in they're weird they slide in in the in the curved part of the dropper handlebars and then they have this little game pad on top of it okay and you have it's like these, a little paddle shifter kind of thing yes and they have some interesting stuff on top of that but one of the things they have is a button on the side and so that feels very natural okay because your hands are on the hoods and you're just like it's just like just a tiny little finger movement to to shift and it's like it's similar to shrimp where it's like left shifts up and right shifts down okay and it just feels super natural okay the click thing I put it on the TT bars and I'm kind of, if I'm in TT position, then it's, it's like not, a little bar it's, and shift pretty almost. close. Yeah. I still have a hard time with it because I'm, I, I am uh, in the video. I say like, Oh, I'm like a trained animal. I just hit the shifting things. When sure. I, like when you're in the middle of a workout and you're like, I need less gears or I need more gears. It's almost like emergency. Yeah. Go to, you're not thinking your brain's off and you're going to hit what's natural, which is your traditional spot. Yeah. Hit the actual so, shifters on the bike and yeah, yep. that's not what you want. Yep. So the click thing is, I mean, you can slap it anywhere. It's just, and I imagine by the end of winter training, it would be no problem. You would just be like, it is where it is and you can click it. So maybe finding a good spot to put it is the, the ticket because I had it on, on the TT bar. Zeekers. <laughs> we got a dog 
dog bark. But yeah, so so putting it the on the TT bar, I definitely missed it a couple times. But that's you know, this is just a learning thing. Okay, how much are those little shifter? pod things or whatever they're, they're calling the, that again the upgrade kit so this is with click and the cog that you slide on is going to cost eighty dollars okay. which is a lot if you think about it when you're you're only spending what well, originally you were spending 500 bucks for the thing and so like 80 bucks extra is a lot mm-hmm. but they have this introductory price of 60 bucks so okay. if you've got the kicker class or the sorry the kicker classic if you have the zwift hub classic it's probably worth upgrading at 60 bucks but i don't know Zeke Zeekers thinks it's not worth upgrading. So Zeekers, Zeke is the answer to that, the real question. And Zeke wants to come on the podcast today. Yes. Right on. Um, and then, so that's the little click thing that you're talking about. What about those little paddle shifters, the little gaming device thing that you were oh, talking about? They had an introductory price too, and I don't remember what it all was. So that does not come in that package? No, that's totally different. And, and that is originally designed for uh, just being able to have like a, a easier way to do everything that you can do in Zwift. So, you know, um, if you want to pull up the menu stuff and scroll through the menu, you can do all of that right from the uh, from the hoods, basically. Okay. And it's it is nice. Um, again, I traditionally was using my TT bike almost all exclusively on all of these bike trainers, and those things just don't fit the TT bike sure. at all. There's no way to make them work, and I tried. Uh, but when you put them on the road bike, it's it's perfect. Okay. Um, and I'll check on pricing and on so that. But you would use those in lieu of the the companion app that Swift had, right? For pushing all the power-ups and changing left and all right new turns and waving at people, that. all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, you can do that instead of the companion app or instead of using it on an iPad or what, however you want to do it. Um, you could do it that way. You could just use the controllers. So it's one of those things where I think if I... I always think about this. Like, I really want to dedicate more more time and more energy to indoor cycling. I think it's safe. I think it's good, especially for us when we have a ton of rain and just rough conditions sure. in the wintertime. I just think indoor cycling makes a lot of sense for me personally. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that device, the introductory price is hundred bucks. It's normally, you know, it's going to cost $150 whenever they are done with this introductory price, which they have not established. So that's just, who knows when that's going to happen. But um, so it's one of those little things like, you can get away without having this for sure. But if you want to make that indoor setup nice, mm-hmm. this is one of those ways to do that. Sure. So I okay. don't know. Now, I personally have not been on Zwift in a year. It's yes. been, well, actually, it's been over a year now. And you've been doing RGT. RGT. I did that all last season. Which is it, fantastic. Which was great. I mean, it did have a few little quirky things, and they had some firmware issues that they had some problems with that they actually ended up fixing and it was working really quite well the last time I used it. However, what is your plan going forward? Well, it's getting tabled and, and, um, see your Wahoo sent out to the end of the year, I think end of October. Oh, that fast. They're shutting it down at the end of October. However, they sent out an email and depending upon what your plan was and what you were doing with them, you're getting anywhere from three months to a full year of Zwift, which is pretty cool. So I actually get a full year of Zwift and I will be jumping back on the Zwift train. Um, I haven't, I, honest to God, it's probably been 14 to 16 months since I've been on yeah. Zwift. Um, what has changed in that, that, that time period? I mean, you were on there somewhat regularly. Yeah. I, I, besides the Magic Rainbow Road, which I, right. we'll, we'll, was not interesting yeah, to you. Yeah, Magic Rainbow Road is something that, but. that's new. It's um, it's like their their climber feature where you can go yeah. climb a couple of rides. Uh, has it, anything changed, though, in Zwiftland? I mean, I'm sure they've probably released a new world or something yeah, like that. The, a point to- the Japanese, like, I think it's, I can't remember what it's called. Um, 
The Macquarie Islands? Macquarie Islands. Okay, I've, been on, that I've done that one. On, yeah. Um, um, but any new features on there? Anything kind of cool? Any new rides? New race series? They did lose their world championships. Um, but I, I still think that Zwift is like the prevailing favorite for everybody. I mean, when you yeah, go log so. on at like 6 o'clock at night on RGT and there's like 40 people on yeah, there. And then you yeah. go look at Zwift and there's like 8,000 people. I mean, right. it's it's pretty obvious who's winning that game. So they're constantly trying to cater to that that group of people. and. They're coming yeah. out with the hardware for it, but what have they done on the software side? That is a good question, and I don't have a good answer for you because I don't follow it that closely. Sure. As closely as I should. Um, have they made they, any... They make updates every... Any improvements in the group ride features? I don't know. Do they have... I don't know. Because like, we used that's to what use you need to know. Yeah. Discord, and, and that that's fine and well, but that's just a whole other thing that you had to coordinate. Yep. So whereas like RGT... They built that into it. Like you could actually, it was built into the actual panel. Right. The, the, was, the, yeah, you know, yeah. You're writing with and people. And you guys use Discord and you switched to that. Correct. Yeah. So will you do group rides on Zwift yes. this winter? Yeah. They will start back up in a few weeks. Okay. You can start up slow. What are you going to do personally? I have no idea. I'll find out on Monday. I'll tell you Monday. Stay tuned. Stay tuned on Monday. <laughs> Tune into the podcast next week to find out what, I'm in what's going on. With I'm in horrible Jake. shape, but it would be that was one thing that I've done. I didn't do it last winter, but in other years I've done it, and it's always been. It's a good like even it's like once a week get your butt kicked yeah. on can, Zwift. Do they have a trike that I can put on there? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is going to be one thing though I'm going to miss about the the whole RGT thing is the the group ride feature because that that little smooth it was smooth it worked really well i mean you could set up the bots even though it's kind of nice not to have bots but you could set up mm-hmm. as many as wanted to have pacers on there the fact that you could communicate with each other really easily was nice the fact that you could put in your own magic roads was really cool so it would be mm-hmm. kind of nice to see zwift adopt some of those things like if we could put in the the, the rides or the the gps data from right. the rides that we were doing and, and do that in zwift that would be fantastic and yeah, then if they right. could help us get rid of uh, discord too that'd be cool so I, I I can't believe they haven't done that yet. Yeah. It just seems like such a no brainer to have voice over IP through Zwift. Yep, for sure. On so many different things where it's like you're riding with your friend, one friend, perfect. Call him. Gotcha. I don't know. What will be the trainer that you use the most this winter? Well, I don't know. Probably the Tax Neo um, T2. Is that what it's called? Yep. That's right. Neo T2. 2T. Two, 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 yep. 2T. I got that backwards. Yep. Uh, that is a very nice trainer. Um, and again, I'll probably have my TT bike set up on that and just leave it there because that TT bike is pretty much broken, which means it's perfect to kind of live out the rest of its days on a bike trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my plan to have that there. I don't think that I would do something like the Zwift hub. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. The virtual shifting would be like the allure to it sure. as opposed to um, it being like a negative. Yeah. So. Well, you could uh, set it up for your wife and you guys could go on a little Zwift date together and she could have that for her riding pleasure. Or you can yeah. have your road bike on there if you want to change the position. Now I've that's got true. two setups, which is kind of kind of slick. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, cool. that's nice. Right on. Well, that was uh, a fun little talk. I'm still kind of curious to see this. Maybe I'll have to buzz by uh, the Lily Grand household to check that thing out. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah come on by. Be kind bring, of a bike. To see it. bring any bike. It'll work. I, yeah, I... I get a lot of people that have already asked me about that. I've already had yesterday yeah. two people and I had another person that like pinged me about it. Like, hey, what do you know about this? And how is it going to be different from like yeah. a fill in the blank trainer? What's interesting is I thought that I told my wife, I was like, this video just got a video out. But I was like, I think it's going to bomb. Like, yes, yeah. because trainers, you know, content doesn't do very well on my channel. And uh, and it's OK. Like, I like to put out stuff that it is what it is. But like the um, then all of a sudden it kind of started creeping up. I was like, oh, it's doing OK. Yeah. 
Yeah. So people are must be interested. They're interested. They're searching, and you know, Zwift is like it's that's the, where everybody goes. It's the know? right time of year. Yeah, too. exactly. So yeah, like well, this is well trainer played. season. Yep, well played. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, let's jump into one last thing. You want to talk more about the video you just put well, out? <laughs> yeah, no. To check that out. If anything that we talked about today was interesting to you, uh, you can see the trainer, and you can see the Zwift Hub, and you can see how how easy it is to change on the video that I posted, whatever day that was yesterday. I think. Yep. And this next coming week, I think I'm going to post a video talking about, and I may change my mind, but like, because I don't know if I have what I need, but I think I'm going to talk about swimming with the Apple Watch Ultra 2, which is really the same as swimming with any Apple Watch. So if you're into swimming and you want to see how Apple is doing with that, that might be of interest to you. You're double fisting with watches today. What watches are you wearing, Matt? The Garmin Forerunner 955. We get the 55 on. Why not yeah. the 65? It's just getting some reps on the 55. Um, Are you doing another video on that? No, no, <laughs> no reason. I think it was. So I really like sleeping with a Garmin watch of some sort. And my life has been so ridiculous that I'll literally like have bags of different things where it's like this bag's going to overnight cross country races. This bag's going to an open water swim thing. Sure. And so it's like, there's just a bag that's got like four watches in it and it's the open water swim stuff. Cause I was doing open water swimming yesterday and I was testing watches. And one of the ones I was testing was the 965. It's a great watch. I did a video recently talking about it after a hundred days, but um, it's just that watch is in a bag along with a whole bunch of other stuff. And, uh, and so when I went to grab a, a Garmin to sleep with, because I like the sleep metrics, mm-hmm. this was the one that was there and I have like a watch, yeah, a wall of watches yeah. with just stuff. So I grab that, get my sleep, check my HRV scores, check my sleep data. I just like the way that the morning report is done on it's these Garmin watches. Yep. So, so I really do. I'll I'll try to make sure that I at least sleep with a Garmin watch each night, and I usually sleep with both of them. So, okay. but yeah, and the other side is the Apple Watch Ultra Two, and yeah, and this one is 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 still brand new. It's still new, and so a lot of people have questions about that. And so I think I want to start tackling some of the training data side of stuff, like how is it for training, how accurate is it, how's GPS actually, all that stuff. So Good. yeah, that'll be interesting. But, um, I have one last thing, and it's going to be a question for Matt Legrand. Well, that can't be one last thing. <laughs> it's just one last question. Okay, I have a Garmin watch on as well. I'm wearing the Phoenix Pro. Um, Epix. Epix Pro, sorry. Epix Pro. I was just looking at Phoenixes earlier, but the, the Epix, Epix Pro. Pro. 51 millimeter, which is such a nice watch. It's a beautiful watch. I love it. it the, gave, you get like over a month, I bet. Oh, yeah. I haven't charged in 10 days, and I still got 20 days to go. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty. But, you know, I've got a few things that I changed on it to get that maximum yes. amount of time out of it. But Good choice. my question, it's not about this watch per se, but it's about the... Um, the the battery battery component in there why okay. is it that it only goes down to five like i i will get exhausted i will do stuff like no you can get below five no you can't it, it doesn't go below five and okay. i've actually read some different threads about people like on reddit they we're talking about that it, it goes down to five and it won't go any lower, lower. Yeah. people will say well they're just wanting you to not get scared that you're gonna die or something like that but Uh-oh. i'm just curious do you can you speak to that do you no, know anything no about idea. the body battery training only go- readiness you can get i've seen one on my training readiness okay i think those are two different things they are because totally different yes i've i've had it to where i've done like i didn't get great sleep and my my body battery may be charged up to like 50 or something like that yeah. and then i'll go do like a long ride and a, a hard workout and you know all, all kinds things. of other stuff and it'll go down to five pretty quickly and like i might be like 
you know, 40 miles into like a 70 mile ride and it'll be at five yeah. and I'll finish the ride still at five and I'll go do a bunch of stuff for the rest of the day and I, I go to bed and it's still at five and it yeah. won't go below that. So I was kind of curious if maybe you knew something about nope. that. No, nope. you don't. No idea. I'm sure that's the way the algorithm works where it's like that five is basically zero. Like yeah. it's bottomed out and it's like, well, you're still going. Well, according to Garmin, they say that it goes from one to a hundred. Right. But I've I read a thread the other day because I was talking to my wife about this. I'm, I'm like, I'm curious about this. Is is this a thing? Is that where it bottoms out? And then I saw the statement that it's one to a hundred. And then you jump right. into like these Reddit threads and everybody's like, yeah, mine gets to five and I no. do all kinds of crazy stuff for the rest of the day and I'll go to bed and it's still at five. Yeah, so. I'm sure that that's like, it must be maybe, who knows what Garmin is doing, but I can't imagine, you know, everyone's fitness at some point is like, you have your fitness and what you can do and then there's always something of survival mode, right? Like you have to be yeah. able to survive. And so there's got to be something like that left in there. So I'm guessing Garmin just, you know, their algorithm just bottoms <laughs> out at five. But All right. Well, Garmin, if you're listening to this, fix that. I don't like that. That's dumb. I know. But what would you would you rather like I bottom would, out at I, one? I would rather go into negative numbers. Like just like tell you, like you're, you're not going to die, but this is theoretically where you're at. Or right. like you're like if you According are at a, a one, yeah. like you should be like barely able to keep your eyes open and you're, you're crawling or whatever. But I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's too easily affected to go down quickly. But then it gets down into those bottom numbers. Then it just it bottoms out. And it's like, well. If I still have 20 miles left to ride and I'm going to go home and I'm going to do yard work and I'm going to go out to dinner with my wife and then I'm going to do a couple little things here and there walking around all that other stuff like I would get I would get deducted for those if I was at 55 and Mm -hmm. I and I started there and it would take points away from me but it's not taking anything away from five so I I don't know it it just kind of like tarnishes the validity of that that number and it would be nice to see them change that a little bit just to make it a little bit more relevant to like don't put a lot of stock in in body battery. This is true, but when you do or wake really, up and you really know that you didn't sleep well and you look at your body battery and it's reflected, yes. I mean, there can be value to that, but they're kind of like, they're tarnishing that because it's I, not I look valid. At my, I look at my like sleep metrics, like I look at like hours slept and HRV and things like that, but then, and then even training readiness, I'll kind of look at, but like training readiness is like a made up number based on how you're doing mm-hmm. on these things. Whereas like you could just look at the things that it's basing that stuff off of. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't worry about body battery or training readiness or suggested workouts because I find like all of that stuff is just kind of made up based on the underlying metrics. And so I'd rather look at those underlying metrics a little bit. I don't know. I would rather things not be made up or I know, right? Like very subjective to different things. Like, I mean, Seriously, like if I were to do nothing and and mm-hmm. drop it down to five or not drop it down to five, but like see a, a drop of like 20 points versus like going out and, and riding and I already have it at five and not have it drop right. at all. I mean, just make it work the right way. Make it be correlated to what you're actually doing. Hmm. And make sure that like the... Which the, does mean the, it would go negative, right? The, so. It could be, or just make it harder to have points fall off. Because I, sometimes I do notice that it'll drop down like 10 or 15 points and I really didn't do anything. I might have like three or 400 steps in there and I might be moving around a little bit. and like, well, why did it drop down so much? I've just went up and got a cup of coffee and I went up and down the stairs twice in the house and like maybe I lose 15 points, but then I can be out on a ride and going crazy hard and it doesn't yeah, drop at all. It's like, like, trust me, these are very different efforts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Fix it, Garmin. Do love your watches though. Yeah, they make good stuff. Cool. All right. We are done. We are done. We are done. We will be back next week with another one of these. Thank you for listening. And until then, bye for now.
Got home to find my kids have been on eBay all day. If they're still there tomorrow, I'll lower the price. I was so confused last night, my printer was playing music. Turns out my paper was just jamming. My kids refused to eat leftover tacos for dinner, so my wife said to throw them out. I did. Now I have no idea what to do with the tacos.